Hello and welcome, dear Starshines. Welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. Hey, Beverly. Hey, Sherry. Good to see you guys. Um, we'll give everybody a minute to get on board. Um, let's see, there's so much going on today. Uh, for those of you who are, are new, my name is Christina and I'm a conscious acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger, our larger human family. Therefore, we have very unique perspectives to the kinds of events that are going down in our realm these days. And I am here to give, to the best of my ability, a liberated perspective to these pieces so we can uh, traverse our paths with strength, stability, sovereignty, and of course, liberation. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, whew, there's a lot, a lot happening these days. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I wasn't sure what I was gonna talk about today, but it seems like there's some pretty significant things to, to address. Um, so one of those pieces that I want to address uh, is uh, secrets to navigating the polarity grids. Okay, secrets to navigating polarity, the nesting dolls of polarity consciousness. Now, polarity means many things, but in the disempowered way, polarity means there's one against the other, it's either or. And, uh, and there is, you know, the either or means you have to be on one side or the other, there's not a golden middle, okay? So I wanna talk about some secrets on finding that golden path and how to um, navigate and even uh, transform, alchemize these polarizing energies that are keeping people, even star seeds, way showers, um, in a locked in a particular perspective or angle. And then I also want to talk about uh, stargates. There are quite, there are very significant events happening in the grid, the stargate grids. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and how this could be impacting you, how it could be uh, showing up in your dream time, your everyday reality. So welcome everybody. I'm so glad to have you on board. As you come in, go ahead, say hi. Let me know that you're here, where you're coming from. Uh, as you guys may notice that I'm in a different location today, um, I'm uh, checking in on a dear Starshine's place who's traveling right now. And uh, my place had a, well, my place kind of had an issue. So it's going through a cleansing process while I, while I uh, uh, visit and visit other places within Tulum. So how are you guys? Check in. How's how, how are you feeling? How's dream time? How's your sleep? How is your self-care going? Okay. Self-care is a constant necessity right now for us to maintain our well-being while we go through these really rocky roads, these really tumultuous times. So I just uh, want to remind you guys, you know, self-care is of the utmost important, importance right now for us to maintain our well-being, our, our harmony, because there's a lot of intense disharmony happening. And as we maintain our harmony and navigate these worlds, navigate this reality, we help others 
uh, find a place of peace, a place of harmony within themselves as well. Hello, dear sister Carol from Minnesota. Oh, I had I have some family that's in Minnesota. Uh, so um, where do I begin? <laughs> okay, let's start with those polarity grids, right? No, wait a minute. Sorry, I need to start with the with the Stargate stuff. Okay, so those of you guys that have been watching these chats over, um, you know, the past several months, um, I've been talking about a Syrian Stargate that has been remaining open when normally it's only the aperture is only open for a certain amount of time. Um, often, you know, the aperture has only been in the past the ap ooh, the aperture has only been available to us when certain alignments occur. And that's when um, the star Cirrus, the star system of Cirrus is in alignment with our sun or with our planet, our moon, stuff like this, the heliosphere. And, uh, and you might, one might wonder how in the world can it stay open when the alignment is cons consistently moving? And, uh, you know, how can that aperture remain open and that energy flowing into our reality? And, you know, this has been something I've been um, contemplating because it is unusual. It is very unusual. But just recently, um, you know, the Stargate alignment with the Pleiades is coming, with Alcyone is uh, fast approaching. And, um, and with that, uh, the understanding came. Uh, and, that is, and that is that we are truly in a new time right now. We are truly... Wow, it's amazing uh, that, you know, our entire solar system is going through this massive transformation. And what I, and there's emotion when I say this, but it's like we are being initiated back in to what some might call the Sophianic um, cosmic grid. And when I say grid, I'm, I'm referring to um, a network, a webbing of light, a webbing of consciousness. And this is a webbing of cosmic consciousness and what weaves these pieces together are the stars, the connections between the stars. Now, um, if any of you guys took that free um, webinar that I have about multidimensional reality, um, I talk about the, the um, galactic highways of light. This is a, what some might call a seventh dimensional web of light that information consciousness travels. And this grid for, or webbing, um, for a very long time has been obscured and in many, in a few of these nesting dolls, quite literally disconnected from connection with Cosmic Mother. And all right, so we're going to start out like way out here, but we're, we're bringing it right back into the human experience. I just want to, to activate these outer nesting dolls so we can really bring it in and anchor it into our, our being and digest and integrate this in a very in a very graceful way. So we talk about this fall of consciousness that's happened. We talk about the infiltrations, all these things. And yes, these are perspective. These are particular perspectives to an experience. And, uh, and what has happened on this 7D level is that, you know, certain consciousness grids were obscured. So we were no longer um, uh, fully interacting with that Sophia consciousness grid web webbing. Okay. I like webbing better because it has a connotation of nature, of mother nature, of 
sacred cosmic grandmother spider. I'm talking about the, the um, not the distorted dark spider energy that captures. I'm talking about the, um, the harmonic um, grandmother spider consciousness that is the weaver of our reality. It quite literally keeps us all in connection with source and with each other. It's a depth of interconnectedness, okay? So with the coming of this, um, this next level Stargate opening with the Pleiades, with Alcyone, there, there's, there's an awareness dropping in. And that is that, you know, as we pass from this point on, as we pass through certain uh, Stargate alignments, okay, the apertures are remaining open because what's happening is that we, our solar ring is, if you call it, want to call that that, some people may relate better to realm, you know, we're in a realm, but uh, it is being rewoven into the, the webbing of the cosmic mother of the Sophia cosmic frequencies, this webbing. And this webbing is something that we experience being disconnected from on a collective level for quite some time, even before the last catastrophe, mass catastrophe that's happened. So, uh, so as we, this, the Syrian Stargate was the initiator of this, well, really, it was Pachamama that was initiator, but the first, let's say, rung uh, point of webbing that we get anchored into was it was uh, facilitated by the um, the coming online of Dragon Consciousness, and that those templates are bringing us to being able to um, plug back into that juncture point of the webbing where the Star Cirrus um, energy comes through our sun. So the aperture is remaining accessible to us because this is a cosmic webbing that we are getting reconnected into. So the next rung of this cosmic webbing that we're being re, uh, reconnected into is that of Alcyone and the Pleiades. And there have been many, many people preparing for these frequencies to come online. This is why a lot of us have been really driven to healing the sacred feminine. And, and of course, as we heal the sacred feminine, the sacred masculine comes online more. So it's like we just keep helping each other rise, rise, rise like this. And, uh, and this is really important because this is only two of the many, uh, let's say nodal points of this webbing that's getting re, that we're getting reintegrated in and getting reconnected into. And if you listen to the mythologies that um, many of the ancient lineages um, speak to us in, they talk a lot about sacred grandmothers and the great weaving, okay? In the, um, like in the, the Quechua tradition, weaving is a major facet to their culture. And uh, weaving the we different weaves, the different patterns in the weaves are sacred. And what has been lost is that, you know, certain weavings connect to specific star lineages, okay? And this is now coming back into our awareness. And there are many other cultures that talk about the great weaving as well. But this is what, this is what those mythologies or what those um, 
stories are connecting us to that we're all interconnected and we're all um, woven together and we could be woven together in a beautiful tight-knit tapestry or we can be woven together in a chaotic way and once we were disconnected from this sacred webbing we you know there were programs ideas and belief systems brought to our consciousness that colluded for us to you know that that brought us into places of, of choice points where we colluded in weaving chaos okay and there are still as you guys know leadership in on this in this realm that continues to weave chaos but there are also very potent humans many of us are under the radar that are reclaiming these threads reclaiming this weaving and bringing it back into weaving something beautiful weaving something that creates beauty within our reality and within the reality of others therefore the beauty is bringing people to love okay so the first rung of the weave that we're, we're getting re um, woven into was the cirrus stargate now we're going into the rung where there is the palladium stargate and this is where our sun is in alignment with the palladian cluster now we in our mythology we call the pleiades the seven sisters but there's actually many 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 stars within that star system it's not just seven there's actually thousands of stars within that system and this is a collective so the central sun of the palladian collective is what we've talked about we called alcyon and so this um, central sun weaving of Pleiadian consciousness is now coming into an alignment with us. And this is weaving in with the Syrian energy, the, um, the Antares, Octorian frequencies, and then, of course, the Pleiadian frequencies. So some of us, if we're doing good self-care and we're, you know, we're go clicking on, you know, on our path that we're going to end up having, we're, we've been doing all this intense work, right? We've been feeling really crappy or tired or uninspired and all this stuff. And this is really because we're in a resting time. We're in a resting time and preparing for the next level of frequencies to inundate our subconscious, to inundate our solar ring. And that is the Palladian frequencies. And these are frequencies of immense inspiration, creativity. Um, of course, there's, there's very strong feminine force with this energy, with this consciousness. And that is blending beautifully with the already existing uh, uh, inundation of the Syrian frequencies. Okay, so just imagine us traveling through the cosmos and we, as we come into interaction with, with different highways of light, before we might just bump up against them and then we leave. But now it's like we, we bump up into it, parts of it weaves together, and then we keep moving. And the weaving, what we, with the node that we just experienced, the weaving is traveling with us, okay? So now these energies of, these, um, of the threads of this web are traveling with us as we move forward through time and space and within this realm. And, uh, you know, this is really a, a marking of a monumental time in, in our consciousness 
humanity. This is the revisiting of something that was, let's say, a golden age that we have on a cellular memories, you know, deep, deep within us. And, uh, and this is, you know, something to celebrate. This is really something to, you know, take pause and allow ourselves to rejoice in the coming home of these frequencies, the coming home into these, this, this, um, this weaving, the sacred weaving of Sophianic consciousness. Now, I usually don't like labels like that, but that is, that is a, um, a label put on this energy that is very well spoken about. So it's not, it's not something strange or new. Okay. And it's probably something that um, if you sit with it, you can feel what the meaning is more than what you're, than what registers in the brain. Right. So there's this sort of thing going on and this is uh, bringing us uh, immense grace and beauty, as I said, but the human level is that now we will be moving forward past the, as we get closer to the solstice and moving into the new, the, the new year. This is uh, the day after solstice, so the, the, the rising of the new dawn there. Um, we will be faced with how to integrate this into our, the polarity grids of the consciousness. It's the polarity grids that are really active here on this planet. Now, the polarity grids have been super activated ever since, um, especially they've been activated and then maintained um, very strongly ever since the Lakukaracha was brought into the experience of humanity on this planet. Okay. Now, if you guys recall, you can tell when a grid is highly charged because the narrative, the, the attitudes of the people, the belief systems are so strong. That there's this there's this dominant attitude. If you're not with us, you're against us. There's nothing in between. That's an example of a consciousness of a polarity group that's highly, highly charged. So when it's highly charged, you um, are you know the inertia tries to really push you or force you into one polarity or the other. <clears throat> And uh, those of us who were traversing this La Cucaracha situation and these, these um, highly charged grids found it very difficult to get to that neutral ground to, to not only discover the, that golden path for ourselves, but to actually uh, be in relationship with others while we're in that frequency. Because like I said, the collective was in this energy of if you're not for us, you're against us. And, and that's what we see playing out in the narratives right now to this day. And this is in the version of the, the conflicts that are happening. So there's the micro conflict. This is the, those would be the conflicts in your immediate world and your immediate circles. And then there's, there's nesting dolls of, from the micro to the macro. And we are faced with harmonizing a divide that has been active and impacting our consciousness on a galactic level. And the narrative we have to reference that would be that of the Orion Wars and the, um, the Draco infiltration, the AI game, you know, all these little things. All, well, they're not little, but you know, all these things. 
and right now in these times, as we get reconnected into the sacred web of these stargates, we need to, that creativity that is, um, that's coming and uh, we're integrating with and we're digesting, we are going to really need it to find the path of harmony out of, you know, to unravel these polarity pieces that are highly active right now. And I'm being reminded of uh, a teaching, and I, I spoke about this before, but I'll go deeper into it this time, by um, a dear sister, Almeen. She is um, an immortal, a Toltec immortal master that um, I've interacted with many times, many times in the energetic and, and um, over a, a three-day weekend in the physical. And she talks, she talked a lot about things that were really out there that I really didn't understand, but I knew it was important for me to be present for whatever was going on, you know, and, and I mean, luckily she, luckily she was really phenomenal at holding chaos, bringing order to chaos and, and it's not control order. It's, it's weaving beauty into chaos. It's taking all these chaotic webs and reweaving it in a way that brings beauty and all the people that were involved in that weaving um, get liberated and walk away from the chaos, the shame, the guilt with a profound sense of harmony, of peace, of forgiveness. Okay. And one of the um, teachings that she uh, was bringing forward was how to navigate polarity grids that are highly charged because you can't end a polarity by dominating one side or the other. So for example, war and peace. Do we agree that peace is the opposite of war and war is the opposite of peace? Okay. If we can agree about that, then um, I can move forward and saying that that is an example of yet another example of a highly charged polarity grid. Okay. And yes, peace is important. Peace is certainly a thing, and there is a way to be in conflict that is not um, the flavor of war, of what we're experiencing now. There's a way where conflict can spur growth, conflict can, can deepen awareness. You know, there's a way that conflict is, is harmonic with the natural unfoldment of consciousness. And uh, so, what she shared is that the way through the polarity is not by choosing one side or the other, not choosing war, not justifying it on one side, and, and not choosing peace. It's like it's too early for that. It, it's, it's a matter of allowing both of them to exist, allowing both of them to exist in such a way. They both have to exist, and it's up to us to find the fulcrum in the middle. And... And this really resonated with me because she talked about, you know, you can't force peace. You can't force peace onto people that don't want it. You can't force peace upon people that are deeply traumatized and want justice. Okay. And I think we can agree that all sides of this conflict, both sides feel completely justified doing what they're doing. They both want justice for their people, for their family, for themselves. Okay. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't really um, work to force peace. You can't, you know, make these people wrong because they're not choosing peace and make these people right. You know, it just doesn't work. It's just more polarity. It's just anchoring that polarity grid deeper, deeper, deeper into 
the bones of the people deeper in, you know, the wedge. So the way to bring it together is finding the fulcrum and the fulcrum um, that she spoke about, particularly when it comes to war and peace is forgiveness, forgiveness. But before forgiveness can happen, there first has to be truth. Okay. That means that, and it can't be a small nesting doll truth. It needs to be a truth through the many nesting dolls of the reality, which means many beings will have to face their belief systems about God or whatever that justifies them being at war. So you can see the complexity that starts to develop when we bring in this spin that once the truth is brought forward, then forgiveness can happen. And therefore, the, the war and peace polarity can be harmonized. So, you know, this is what humanity is facing. And this is what us, way showers, new paradigm visionaries, are faced with. It is bringing what needs to be brought forward as far as truth goes and holding a compassionate space for that forgiveness to come forward, to inspire others to seek forgiveness, okay? And this is not something that can be forced. It's something that is completely voluntary by all parties involved. And that means communication. That means, uh, you know, talking about the things that are uncomfortable to talk about. That means, you know, let it, just letting people have their voice, letting them get it out, letting them have their say, and really listening to what's being said. You know, because a lot of times what people, especially when there's a lot of charge, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, what, what's coming out in the beginning is all the anger, all the, the um, frustration, the bitterness, you know, it's all of the pain is what comes out first. And then once all that gets listened to, validated and heard, then the other, the deeper layers come into play. The deeper layers start to reveal, to be spoken about. And this is where the truth gets spoken, okay? And once you have truth being spoken, the, the throat center and the, um, the, birthing, the birthing canal within the human genome can start to clear away the, the pain, the trauma, okay? Because really, you know, humanity has been manipulated on different nesting doll levels where we, we colluded, we participated in creating horrors, using our creative energy to do terrible things, okay? And you can imagine on a soul level when you go through that life review process, how your beingness responds to what perhaps you have done to bring horror and further chaos into this reality. I know with the, um, the Sacred Mother lines, there's been a lot of um, reconciliation that needed to happen with the kinds of beings that were birthed into this world. There, you know, the Sacred Sisterhood was faced with situations where they, were, um, where they had to, in order to continue to exist, they had to birth beings into this realm that really shouldn't have been here, that really didn't belong here. 
they needed permission from the sacred feminine in order to come into this reality. And that's what um, over generation after generation, the manipulation led to. And this is where the, the polarity grids come in. They, they force a decision. They put some, a being in what I call between a rock and a hard place. And once you're in that position between the rock and the hard place, both decisions bring more pain. You know, there's, there's no, there's no choice that is not that unless you sacrifice yourself and, and then there's reasons why not to sacrifice yourself. Like it could be the end of a lineage. It could be end of a teaching or a perceived end. Okay. It's all about manipulating perceptions. So a person feels like they really don't have a choice. You can also see how this plays out within the human reality. So many humans feel like they, they have to um, get involved in the enslavement process in order to have a life, in order to pay bills and be independent and all these other things. So, you know, this polarity grid, um, some people call it the Atlantean grid, you know, these, these grids, um, once we're plugged into them, it's like we have no choice but to go with those rules, to go with that reality. And this is why there are tribes on this planet that live extremely isolated away from um, other humans because they don't want to get involved in the, um, the polarity grids, the human grid system that, that is happening right now with most of humanity. And many of these tribes are, of course, losing their, their habitat, so their numbers are dwindling, but they do still exist um, in, in sparse numbers. There's, you know, there's some in Australia, very few, but there's a, there's a handful in Australia. There's lar they're in larger numbers here in South America. There are some in um, in the northern hemisphere, particularly in the the um, like uh, closer to like the North Pole, places where there aren't a lot of people. Greenland is a place where there's a handful. You know, there's there are isolated areas where they do exist, but most of them. Most of them have had to have contact with human with the larger humanity at one point in time or the other, and many of them, you know, when they do decide to do that, there's a mission involved. There's, you know, as far as waking up the the spirit within humanity, the the natural spirit, the the wild and undomesticatable part of ourselves, our true spirit, you know. So there are. Um, there, there are major challenges with being within the polarity grid system and walking your path of sovereignty, walking your path of liberation. But this is what we're here to do, which means we are equipped. We are given everything we need. Ooh, there's motion with this one too. We are given everything we need to navigate these tumultuous waters. Okay. And and this doesn't mean that it's all roses. It means that we show up for pretty significant challenges. We show up and hold space and experience some, with some pretty significant traumas and pains and horrors and terrors. You know, it's not, it's, not all about, it's not all about, like I said, the bed of roses. But when we have these intensities and we transmute them and we come out the other side, there is a deeper sense of celebration, this deeper sense of, um, of success, 
you know, and we just, it just gets deeper, 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 deeper to the point where our central, our central um, core self, get our connection to it gets stronger and stronger and stronger to the point of being unshakable. But it's something that we journey towards and we, there's no faking it. There's no faking it till you make it with this. It's like, it's you either integrate or you're not, <laughs> okay? So, so integration has, takes the time that it takes. It's, it's a force of nature. Your body is a force of nature. So it has its cycles, it has its seasons. So in, during a planting season, things are planted. During the growing season, that which was planted starts to grow. And you only have, you have that, that season of growth for things to, to move, to integrate, to do what they're gonna do. And then there's a time of rest. So it's like, if you don't, if you don't feel like you fully um, anchored and integrated during one growing season, then you go until there's a time of rest and then there's another growing season yet to come. That's because we are in cycles of nature, okay? So I guess I'm saying this so you guys can uh, um, really take this understanding to that part of us that fears that we miss the boat. You know, there is that fear of missing the boat. And, and I understand that because there, that is a perception that has been given to us and that, that has been reinforced in our ancestry, you know, uh, century after century. So it is an energy, but it's not actually the bigger truth. The bigger truth is that we are a force of nature within ourselves. We are a cosmic being in a bio suit and we are here for a purpose. And that purpose, as we align to it, as we harmonize our ego driver to the truth of it, via synchronicity, we are completely taken care of, given everything that we need to move forward in that truth, to move forward in that true higher intelligence of who we are. Okay, so if we are running into a lot of roadblocks, if we are like one, one, you know, catastrophe after another and nothing is working out, that's a sign to you. That's a sign that, you know, there is something incongruent within the, where you're making your choices from. You're making choices from a place that, are, that is not harmonic with the truth of who you are. It's not part of your authenticity. Your authentic, the more authentically you live, the more honest you are with yourself, okay, it's your authenticity that harmonizes you with synchronicities, with the higher intelligence of the cosmos, okay? And as you walk the path in harmony with your authenticity, you know, you start to rely on this to live by, okay? And it becomes easier to see the difference between making choices against oneself versus going through a rocky time because it's a time for you to go through it. Okay, there's a difference between those two things. Like I said, it's not all a bed of roses. It's not all easy. Actually, it's very, very, very difficult. <laughs> it's very challenging because we are in a world that's bass backwards and we are um, unraveling from that and working and, and with the aim of walking right straight up, what, you know, upright. And we have reflections all around us that are distorted and they're not necessarily, they are showing us something, but it's not a clear truth. It's a distorted truth. 
okay? And, and, and that's part of why they, uh, the powers that be, so to speak, that are in charge of the chaos, upholding chaos in place, you know, that's why um, the charging these polarity grids is so significant because they obscure the bigger truth. They obscure these highly charged polarities, obscure the golden path, so to speak. You see what I mean? <coughs> Excuse me. So, so we are being re reintroduced into this sacred, I'm going to call it Sophianic webbing of consciousness. And that consciousness is pouring into our being via our sun. I mean, it's pouring into our being from the sun. And that means all of the plants that grow, grow from the sun. They are, they are also taking in these encodements. The waters are taking in these encodements. So it's like we are quite literally getting inundated in these energies. Anything that pours through our sun is something that inundates us completely. I don't know if you guys realize this, but if you look at the, um, the model of reality of the, of the heliocentricity, that is, you know, our sun, there's plants going around the sun. Um, in, that, in that model of reality, and I'm going to call it a model of reality because it's only one version of, of looking at how this, this whole um, realm operates on a, on a um, cosmic, galactic, stellar level. Um, we are, our entire solar ring is surrounded by what's called a heliosphere. So we are enveloped within a ball of light. And the center of that ball of light is the sun. But, but we are all circulating around the sun within this, this ball of light. And now this ball of light is going into another, a, a deeper stream of light. Okay. And this is that weaving that I'm talking about. So, and I know that there's, there's other ways to talk about this. And this is why I like to talk about the dream of the mother, you know, because this is um, a more holistic way of looking at our reality uh, because there are many beings that are waking up to multidimensional perceptions where the heliospheric idea of our reality doesn't quite fit okay it's a it's a, it's a it's skewed and people because it's so difficult to wake up to these levels develop aversions to anything that feels skewed <laughs> you see what i mean and uh for me it's like I, i'm not I'm not in that place anymore. I used to be, but now it's like my truth compass is such where I can be in any level of skewedness and I can feel where the truth is, you know, and, and this is why I talk about the truth compass being so important because it doesn't matter how distorted that reflection is. There's, there's a sense inside of us that can pick out what the clear truth is from that distortion. You can see the truth that was woven into the, or you can see the lies that were woven into the truth pretty clearly. You can feel it. Okay. I, I use the word see loosely. You can feel it within your body. So feeling it in your body feels like, um, like at first when you come in contact with a body of work, maybe there's some reaction to, because it's challenging some beliefs that you have or something that you hold sacred and maybe you can't breathe or maybe you're agitated or, you know, you know, your body's kind of getting distorted, you know, 
<laughs> you know, you're feeling kind of bent, you know. And then as you sit with it and sink in, as, as we sink into it and place our intention on connecting with what the truth is, what's the real truth here, which is the reason why you're there witnessing that in the first place. And once you get to that thread of truth, it's like suddenly the body can take a breath. It's like ah, your, your system relaxes. Okay. And that, that's an example of what it feels like to, to navigate the, through the distortions and touch the truth. Your body knows when you're touching the truth. Okay. And, uh, and this is why, as I said in the beginning, it's so important for us to be on our self-care right now for our wellness. So our nervous system can relax. So our nervous system can have the experience of being in a sedated um, form, okay, our parasympathetic nervous response is capable of turning on and, and operating. Um, you know, there is um, many, many, actually, there are many, many people that are living in constant fight or flight. So the, the, the body data sets that are connected into our truth compass um, are very obscured. We can't, we can't really touch that so clearly because the, the body is in, in constant fight or flight mode, okay, and becomes very acidic and what some people will call toxic, stuff like this. And then we start aging more quickly and, and you know, our body starts breaking down, all these things start happening, right? So as you do more self-care and you stimulate that parasympathetic nervous response and you make that a habit, now you can clearly tell when your body is experiencing a data set that's in the truth because you, that deep breath will just happen, right? Or that space will just all of a sudden be there. Your awareness is, is um, able to touch these, these, these experiences that your body is giving you, these indication your body is saying, yes, this is, this is where it's at, okay? Uh, so we're being rewoven into this beautiful webbing of Cosmic Mother, the Sophiac, what some people might call the Sophianic grid. And these um, energies are inundating our system on all levels, you know, through our eyes, through our skin, through our food, through the air, everything is getting inundated with these encodements. So we can relax on worrying about people who aren't awake yet, because it doesn't matter. They're taking these encodements in. They're taking them in, guys. There's, I mean, everybody's got to eat food. Everybody's got to breathe air. Well, not everybody has to eat food, but for those people who aren't awake, they have to eat food. They have to breathe air. They have to drink water. So these, these encodements are coming into their system. And these encodements accumulate over time, and eventually it, a click just happens and they wake up. And of course, there's these really significant, intense events that are triggering moments to wake people up. You know, a lot of people woke up, I've heard stories uh, of people who were living in New York City during 9-11. That event actually woke them up out of their slumber, okay? So people have been waking up for quite some time that have been deep into the mainstream, uh, you know, grids of operation. And that event woke them up and they completely changed their lives. Many of them left New York City and, you know, completely, you know, went the opposite direction. Instead of chasing the, the riches, the wealth, the prestige, all this stuff, instead they started chasing their spiritual truth, okay? They started reprioritizing their life. And that's what it looks like to wake up. All of a sudden, it's just like, it's like a click. All of a sudden, your value system starts, you question things in your value system and you start rearranging 
what's important to you and you start dedicating your choices and your energies towards the this new value system and it's a new value system that's going to help that is going to be the motivation from within humanity to change the course that they're on right now the bulk of humanity is deeply invested in these polarity grids deeply invested into these dramas and each each moment, everybody has their own moment that's going to wake them up, okay? So let me know if this is helpful to understand that the, these encodements are, are bombarding us and they're coming through on every level and that it's only a matter of time before the, the masses wake up, okay? You are a way shower because you're one of the first ones to wake up. Maybe you're the first one in your lineage to wake up. Maybe you're, you know, the first one in your community to wake up. Maybe you had to wake up because you are you're starting a family and you happen to be bringing star seeds into this world okay in which case you have to be in alignment with that or else they wouldn't have chosen you you know what i mean there's a bigger agreement that you've made to those children and that forces you to rearrange your value system um, actually, I was sent a few videos where people were talking exactly about that. It's that, you know, the, the Luku Karacha game woke up a lot of parents and there is a massive revolution through, um, throughout the world, but especially in the Western world of people seeking out alternative educations. And I, I don't even mean Waldorf schools or Montessori's or anything like that. They're actually seeking out homeschooling groups. They want to, they want to keep their children within their own cocoon of the family unit. And, you know, some people may rejoice in that and some may not. Um, what's important is that, you know, we reclaim our responsibility to the next generation. We reclaim our responsibility to teach our children our values. We reclaim our responsibility to, to um, do what we need to do to have clean water, to have clean food, to have the different um, aspects of our lifestyle that supports the 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 frequency shifting within our biosuit that serves our wellness, okay? And all systems, all the systems on this planet have been infiltrated in different ways. So there's no one that's totally pure. So, so you know, I think we all need to get off our high horse on that. Nothing is completely pure. There are, dis there are distortions within all the teachings, all of them. I know it's really it's really hard to accept that for a lot of people because they really believe they're on the one right path. But what it really means is that you're on the right path for you right now. Okay. That could change tomorrow. That can change next year. That can change 20 years from now. It's, it's right until it's not, it's a harmonic match. It's in resonance until it's not. Okay. And this is, this is the piece. We are learning how to navigate these realities and these timeline shifts according to our inner compass, which comes from inside of us, instead of according to an outside structure being given to us. You know, maybe it's a religious structure. You know, there's a lot of um, strong Christian communities, right? And that um, have a very particular structure that, that's, you know, that's given to them. And of course, I know many star seeds that are in those um, in those groups, and they are beautiful, beautiful beings of light, and they are awake to all these levels, even though they are in a, a conservative Christian 
community, okay? These, but they're alchemizing what they're alchemizing. Like I said, there's nothing that isn't completely, <laughs> you know, clean and pure. So we are all in these paths to clean them up with our, and how we experience them and how our value system, according to our truth compass, guides us to do things, you know? I went to, um, way back when, when I was going to massage school, you know, there was a, I think she was an evangelical Christian. And of course, I was deeply into shamanism at the time. I suppose I am, but it's different now, right? It all, it all evolves. But, um, and, and we were the most unlikely match, but I consider her, you know, pro probably one of the best friends I made in that school. It's because she was lit. She was activated. She knew the higher frequencies. And she um, was at first very adverse to the idea of what I was doing, that the, but the more we talked and the more we listened to each other, we realized, oh my gosh, we're completely on the same page, <laughs> you know? And she uh, woke up to the reality that, you know, her, her daughter is a starseed, you know? And, and this would not have been a, an awareness in, until her and I, you know, created a relationship and communicated with each other. Okay, so this is um, this is um, this is what we really need to pay attention to. It's not about if someone is this sect or that sect or whatever. It's about who they are, their radiance, their being. What truths are they capable of recognizing? What what authentic value system that is inside of them? Because when it's an authentic value system to one spirit, you guys can connect. It doesn't matter. The, it doesn't matter the, the container of the belief system. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, hello, Young Trick. All right. So Young Trick says, um, I love talking to the Jehovah Witnesses that come to our house and we'll spend an hour or two chatting sometimes. Uh, very interesting. Uh, buenos dias. Buenos dias, Laura. Uh, so yeah, you know, that, that's a fun one and that, that one's a real mixed bag. So it's like, there, it's like, it seems my experience of, of those guys, it's like there, that's another example of a lot of interesting truths, um, that are also infiltrated with distortions, right? There, I remember reading a pamphlet that one of them gave me and I was like, wow, yeah, there's a lot of truth to this. Like I can feel the truth that's going on here, but then I would have the conversation and it's like, you know. The truth got me into the conversation, and then I, as, as we got deeper into it, then they would come in with what those distortions are, and it's like my whole body would be like, <laughs> you know, this is years ago. Uh, but, you know, that was a lesson for me. To, that, was, that was my spirit unfolding these lessons so I can really uh, live the truth that I'm telling to you guys now, you know these value systems that are authentic to us are across the board. All this is what makes humanity humanity. Like, uh, you know, these belief systems are not what makes humanity. It's the essence. It's the, the cosmic reality that we are, that makes humans humans. Okay. All these other overlays just take our life, you know, just train us to give our life force energy to these other grids of consciousness. And then we lose energy to it and we become, then we come, you know, um, our energy becomes deeply enmeshed in that. And it's, a, it's, you know, it takes time to pull yourself back. Um, and of course, there's a lot of guilt tripping and everything that goes into that. Like, what are we going to do without you? You know, you know, all those different things. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a mixed bag. <clears throat> uh, so Trick goes on to say, I've also noticed lots of distortions in the shamanic practices that I've been learning. 
but it's been fun to learn. Yes, I'm with you on that. Yes. Uh, actually, it's really strong here too. Um, and it's interesting, you know, it's distorted and it's not just the Westerners, it's also many of the indigenous practitioners too, because what's been happening is that there's been this, this let's say a shamanic paradigm revolution that, that has been spurred and it's growing. And many of the, um, the indigenous lineages that, you know, that were living, you know, before they're isolated and not interested in learning the teachings from their grandparents and stuff like this, but then they realize there's a lot of money, there's a lot of um, power to be gained if they um, bring these teachings. And because they're indigenous, a lot of people assume that they are the authentic deal. And, and what's happening is that you have these, um, these different indigenous um, generations coming forward that are attempting to revive what was lost in their family or in their line or whatever, but they're, they're novices. They're still novices. And many of them got trained by a Western person and brought, came back to their, their roots and, you know, they're novices and people are coming in um, thinking that they're masters, you know, and the same thing happens in the Western world. You know, it's like people reach this novice level of being able to call on spirit and hold ceremony and do all these things. And then they start doing things that really are, they start working with larger groups of people that's really only appropriate for a, um, a master to do. Okay. And this is why so much, so many things go terribly awry in these, in these medicine ceremonies, you know, and it's not to say that everybody's ill willed. What I'm saying is that they're not equipped to the level that they think they're equipped. <laughs> you know, it's like there, there may be, uh, you know, maybe they're, uh, they're okay with the walk and the trot and the canter, but they're taking groups of people on full on gallops. And it's, you know, it's beyond, you, you really need to be ahead of, ahead of the frequency of the people that you're working with. So more advanced than the people that you're facilitating for. And of course there's a lot of star seeds and way showers that are attracted to these shamanic ways and, and they are highly activated and don't know it. They just don't have the teachings. And then they go into these ceremonies and then there's this mix match of frequency. And then, you know, of course things happen. And of course, even in that, that's all in divine order because everything is serving to wake people up. There are many people here who um, went deep into the medicine um, ceremonial route and then something really terrible happened and that woke them up out of it. It's like, Oh, yep. Done with that. Never doing that again. And now they need, they go through the journey of unraveling the things that happened. And in that journey, they find the gold. They wake up to themselves. They activate those codes and now they're online in a much more potent way, you know? So even in the mishaps, it serves, you know, it's, as I said, we're inundated with these encodements right now. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that these encodements are this reweaving into the Sophianic mother consciousness is happening because these are layers upon layers upon layers of encodements that are completely inundating our reality. So there is no, not a single being unless they, nope, even if they live under a rock, because the rocks are getting it too. It's like, there's not a single being that is not taking in these codes. So even, you know, when you go into the, um, the satanic narratives and all this, they too are taking in all these codes. So that's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. 
before they too have an experience that activates these codes and wakes them up. Okay. All right. Uh, dear brother goes on to say, yes, the woman who taught our teacher was from Nepal, but something seems to have been lost in translation between her and our teacher. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, this happens, you know, Nepal actually has some very powerful beings in their lineage. I, I remember getting exposed to a few um, in dream time and then one in person. Yeah, she came to, yeah, she came into bless our house. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the woman that brought her in. Oh, my brain is completely blank. I can't, all right, there's a reason. But there's a story that she told uh, that really activated me and uh, let me, really, it was my, my intuition, my truth compass, letting me know that she was the real deal. And that was, she told the story of how she began working with the immortal master that taught her. And, she, and the story was, um, she was a um, sheep herder. And she would tend the is a sheep. Yeah, she would tend the sheep. This is high up in altitude. You know, you would stay. Um, you would spend a lot of time out in the wilderness um, tending to the sheep. And this um, being started abducting her. I think she was around eight or nine years old. And um, and when I say abducting, it means that he would approach and she would be taken into these realms with him. And the key piece to that story that like really like activated me was she said that she can always tell he was coming because his presence was predicated by the sound of trumpets. Now, what does that remind you of? Okay. So, and this is something really significant um, to, to Mark when you, when a, truly realized being such as like maybe an embodied Christ or whatever, you know, truly realized being on those, on those levels, the act of them coming in contact with you within the nesting dolls of the different distortions and everything that, um, that you exist in, because we're all enveloped in these frequencies as they come to reach you enveloped within these frequencies, they're melting these energies away. It's like these energies cannot exist within their field because they're an embodied absolute truth. So as they come towards you, the parting of that reality makes a sound very much like how lightning creates thunder. Okay. And as this being, and she described as this being would approach her, there would be trumpets sounding all around her, vibrating through her body and penetrating her ears. And then he would take her through cliff faces, through mountains, you know what I mean? So, so she was taught by a true master. And uh, I was really blown away that this woman was sitting in my basement <laughs> to, to come and bless the house. I was like, wow, this is absolutely phenomenal that, that we, you know, our paths cross like this, you know. But, but, this is, but this is something really significant for us to be aware of, that absolute truth melts away the nesting dolls of distortions. And it truly is tangible to our awareness, no matter where we are in our development, we all, it's undeniable, it's unmistakable, that, that interaction. Okay, 
Oh my gosh, this hour goes by so quickly. All right, I'm going to read the rest of these comments and then I'm going to start wrapping up Dear Starshine. All right, so our practice started in Northern Africa, but thrived in Nepal. It's called Ape Ama. Ape Ama. Interesting. The, that pronunciation is very close to some of the um, teachings from the Karakukuyaks I've worked with in the South America. Yeah, you know, I wonder if, all, if it's, yeah, it probably is connected. So I, I remember there, I was on a train on our way to Machu Picchu and there was a performance that the indigenous were doing on this train. And um, this was specific to our, our group. And um, it was fascinating because I could have easily been sitting in Thailand watching this performance. It was so, it felt so Asian, the clothes, the, the, um, you know, the, the regalia, everything felt Asian to me, you know? So it's interesting what you're, what you're saying here. Our, our teacher's teacher was 133 years old when she, when she died in an earthquake. Um, but her body was that of a woman in her mid thirties. It's a wild story for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Our dear sister, Starshine Ray Ellen, in our group that does the five sacred breaths, she was taught by Bapuji. He went by Bapuji, which is um, sacred father in, um, in Hindi. And, uh, and that's what they said when they, they, uh, they had to prepare for a few years doing the five sacred breaths and going into these different elemental initiations before they can go to his ashram in the mountains. And, um, and that's what they commented on that, you know, he was an older being, but he had the physicality of, of a teenager, you know, it's, you know, and this is what our bodies, this is the potential that our bodies have when we are free flowing with the life force. We do not age, not the same way. It's not, you know, dying at the age of 80, is you know that's not that's not the natural way the the different tribes that stay away from humanity they talk about the the stories the ones that have had contact all right so there's think about the indigenous um tribal life as there's nesting dolls of it so there's tribes that live out in the nest they're living in nature but they're the outer nesting doll because they interact with humanity and drive cars and do all this other stuff then there's an inner nesting doll of tribes that do less that you know have less interaction than another inner nesting doll than another nesting doll you know and the innermost nesting doll has zero contact with the outside world Actually, the, um, the Hopi and the Pueblo have a similar construct. You don't get to the inner Pueblo. No outsiders ever go to the inner Pueblo. Only the most sacred of the sacred can be in that inner Pueblo. Okay. The Kogi have the same thing. It's like you can interact with the outer nesting dolls of the ones in the tribe, but the one in the most inner nesting doll, which is the highest part of the mountain, nobody makes contact with them that are, that's, that's not within the next circle of tribe. Okay. So, so this is how it works. And I know it's it's amazing, isn't it? Um, how similar it is. But these inner nesting dolls of tribes, they 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 live to be several hundred years old. It's not unusual. It's very normal for that to happen. So, and that's why you know these teachings that I have that I talk with you guys. I mean, these are things that are getting flushed out from my my experiences and the teachings that I've been getting from my dream time. And yes, I've had the privilege of working with these immortal masters and these different teachers that come into my world because they I needed the human interaction to to like really anchor this in and and um, and really take for me to take my dream my dream time seriously. You know, but this is their dream for us that we all wake up to the reality that we're multidimensional humans. 
we have the capacity to shape and create this reality as we see fit. We have the capacity. This is actually what our true function is as true caretakers of this reality. This is what it means. So, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, guys. It's like, um, this is why I founded the Dreamtime Healing Project, because there are many people who have the capacity to access these aspects of the dream realm to, you know, and as we work together in collectives, the resonance builds and we quite literally retake this reality and create it into something that suits us. Now you need to be in truth and your authenticity in order to do this. It cannot be for personal gain. It's always for the good of the larger collective. And that's why it usually unfolds by by um, bringing healing, forgiveness, liberation, okay? Because as we do this and we awaken and serve each other and empowering each other and walking our authentic truth, then we are going to have the value system that creates the thin air, or thin air, that creates the clean air, that prioritizes everybody having clean water, everybody having all the food in abundance that they need to thrive. You see what I mean? We start, we start, um, taking action, we're empowered and taking action on a completely different value system than what we've been living before. And it's really, you'd be surprised how much work it takes to let go of those old structures that we've inherited from our ancestors and bring in these new ones. So this is what we're doing in the Dreamtime Healing Project. It's that's why ancestral clearing is such a big piece, you know, because we need to clean out our blind spots so we can really step into the truth and what the real power is, what it really means to have power. Okay, because it's not a power over game, which is what it used to be, how we taught it was, and it's more about the power with the power with each other, the power with nature. You see what I mean? The power with the sun with the plants. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you guys can tell, but these guys are, these guys in the, behind me are, are leaning in. They're like, yes, <laughs> okay. They're, they're, see the plants, the natural world responds to us when we're in our authentic truth. It's truly a co-creative, a joyful co-creative experience, like playing in an orchestra or creating a beautiful dance. You know, that's what it, that's what it, it's like. So, um, all right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, darling. All right. I, I'm going over here um, on a bit of a tangent. <clears throat> I encourage you guys, if, if this is inspiring and you really want to start working with other people in this Dreamtime work, I encourage you guys to check out the Dreamtime Healing Project. It's at lightbodyacademy.com. Of course, we have openings with this. It takes time to develop a strong energy field and clean things up, but you know, it's, it's highly accelerated, more accelerated than it's ever been. And, uh, you know, and it's really um, a great honor and privilege to work with people on this level. So thank you. Thank you guys for um, participating and listening. Uh, uh, this is amazing times that we're in. I just want to recap real quick. We are being rewoven into that Sophianic consciousness via, via these stargates through the sun. Okay. So there's the Syrian energies that, that happened several months ago with those eclipses. And now it's the Palladian energies coming forward. And there's even more star systems after that. Oh, this is the piece. This is the piece I forgot. I, I wanted to weave in. And that is the, we were passing through these gateways of memory. And I want to give you guys a benchmark. There's a gateway of memory of there being two Kings. Okay, and this is an ancient Celtic mythology who were activated humans. Okay, and this is the story. This is maintained within the story of the battle between the Oak King 
and the Holly King, okay? And that's what the winter solstice is all about, the transition of power from one king to the other, okay? The Oak King and the Holly King, these are talking about uh, stellar galactic frequencies that the earth before fall of consciousness, before this version was happening, earth was not in this part of the solar system. It was in a different part of the solar system, um, a place, uh, it was in, in Antares, okay? And the two kings were in partnership and custod being custodians of the development of the consciousness of the life forms, okay? So the sacred mother was in the care, was in the custodianship of these two sacred fathers, these two kings, okay? I'm just saying that to activate you guys. So when you come across this awareness, you're, you understand that there's a very significant cellular memory coming forward. And um, I just want to validate that. So your higher self is going to remember this when you start experiencing this desire of to, to, um, to connect with two masculine frequencies. All right, darlings, that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out for that extra time. I love you guys. Um, I hope you guys make it a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.